Hello again, everyone, and welcome inside another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast. I'm Jerry Coleman still. That's what my birth certificate says. He's Adam Jones, always with us, a five-time MLB All-Star. Today in episode number 42, shout out Jackie Robinson and Mariana Rivera, the first and only unanimous Hall of Famer. We will be joined by the Honorable Mayor of Baltimore. His name is Brandon Scott. Why are you shaking your head? He's a friend of yours. He's a friend of ours. We'll address the Orioles, their lease, the attendance situation, as well as discuss how the Ravens are going to be impacted as well with the mayor coming up. Adam and I are also going to talk more about the Orioles and Ravens with the Baltimore Banners columnist Kyle Goon in our For the Birds segment, plus a lot to get to in Socially Speaking. Uh, we had that live show at Soundstage a few weeks ago, still hearing great comments about that, but a lot of questions were omitted. We'll get to those for now as Adam has left Baltimore and has left the country for good, at least for the time being. How was your visit, by the way? Uh, it, it was great, honestly. Everything was great about it. Um, family, friends, uh, the fans. Um, I mean, I, it, it was, it's hard to really put it in words. I'm just extremely humbled that not, I mean, obviously I haven't been there in a while, but I'm humbled that, you know, fans still appreciated what I did. I mean, it, because it's starting to get to a new generation. Obviously Mullins has taken over center field and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a blessing that fans appreciated what I did and still came back and, and showed me some love. All right. We start always with our featured guest brought to you by our friends at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, where we were last week with Jim Palmer. But this week we aim higher. He is the honorable mayor of Baltimore City, Brandon Scott, joining us. He doesn't have three Cy Young Awards, but he has plenty of accolades. Mr. Mayor, thanks for being with us here today. And let's talk about what's going on inside Charm City sports wise right now. I mean, I can't think of a more an exciting time in recent oh, yeah. memory with the Orioles in first. The Ravens starting up with this revamped offense. And let's not forget about a new downtown arena, which is blossoming. Yeah, no, it's a great time uh, to be a Baltimorean, but in particular to be a Baltimore sports fan. Uh, the Orioles are, are, are doing amazing. Uh, folks are surprised, but but Adam knows this. I'm not surprised. So very infamously, when we were opening the, the casino sports book at the Horseshoe in December of 21, they asked myself, former Governor Hogan, Adelius Thompson, Muggsy Bogues to all proclaim out loud what their first bet was going to be. And I went out there very proudly and said, the orders are going to be 500 this year. And everyone laughed. They wouldn't even let me make the bet in the casino. Oh. Oh. You can actually Google it to see uh, 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 a young a reporter was there and tweeted out that they will not let, let me lick the vet. So, of course, now every time I go back to the horseshoe, I say somebody owes me a bunch of money uh, because I was a year ahead. And, no, this is a great time. The Ravens, we finally have receivers on the Ravens, not named Mark Andrews. I can't wait to see uh, what Lamar and the team's ever to do. And the CFG Bank Arena, which is uh, one of my proudest accomplishments. Folks told me I was crazy. Uh, when I decided to renovate the arena instead of build a new one. They've been talking about building a new arena and moving it for all of my lifetime. And we were able to uh, partner with Oakview Group and get a world-class facility that folks are coming down to in droves. I was actually there on Friday night on the birth birthday of hip-hop for a wonderful concert with LL Cool J, Queen Latifah, De La Soul, The Roots, Rakim, and you can see folks, the shows and things are there. And, of course, the first event there was the CFG Bank Arena. That's awesome. I mean, just 
the area has improved. And I want to ask, you grew up a sports fan. I mean, you love sports. What does sports mean to Baltimore, especially when both teams are good? When you know, I first got there in 08, we weren't that good. So people were coming to the games. Ravens sold out. We got good in 12. People start coming. 13 people mm-hmm. were coming. And you hear the talk around town. These are baseball fans ready to explode, but the football team is good, so we support them. But these guys are – Baltimore is baseball. And yeah. they're baseball. Like, when the team is good, what does that mean for the whole city? Black, white, and different. Yeah, I, listen, nothing brings Baltimore to, together like our sports teams. And, listen, we all love our Ravens, but they don't have – uh, just the, these years, right? They don't have the years of the deep history uh, that the Orioles have, and everyone knows this. And I and I know they get a little a little iffy when I say it. I would trade two Super Bowls for one World Series because I've never had that. I had these great experiences going to the last game at Memorial Stadium, first thing game at Camden Yards, seeing things like the Cuban national team come, be there for the home run derby with Ken Griffey, but also be there uh, for some years where we had some great teams in the late 90s. And then, Adam, as you very well know, we weren't that good for until you got here, right? And to sit in that stadium, the best baseball stadium that has ever been built, and to see folks go away and watch them come back when we win. It's about bringing the city together. It unites us in ways that nothing else can because our teams aren't the gritty ones. We're not the fancy ones. We're not the ones that they want to put on Sunday night baseball, Sunday night football all the time. We have that chip on our folks' shoulder, and we let folks know that we're Baltimore, we're gritty, we're grimy, we're a great place, but that no one's going to disrespect us and we can hold our own weight. And our sports teams, they ooze that out of them, and that's why we love them so much. Well, I want to first of all, it's, a two, it's not a, it's a, give you your flowers and then it's a question. We spoke with Miss Jackie McWilliams, who runs the CIAA, and she had nothing but great things to say about the CFG Arena, about how Baltimore has treated the CIAA tournament, and it's what the lease is going for. She got two more tournaments next year and the following yeah. year. So that is a salute to you on that. Um, but I want to talk about the attendance. Um, the attendance has been a problem. Obviously, that section up there, it, way up left field is closed. Um, there's so many seats. There's so many kids that love the game. It's Again, we all know it's expensive. It's not free. Um, with having roughly 15,000 seats available every day, is there a possibility or a way to work with the team, the city, to get kids who, especially in the summertime, we know kids mm-hmm. are bad as hell in the summertime, okay? You ain't got nothing to do. Parents got to work. <laughs> is there a way to... Bring the kids to the game from seven to 10 or seven to nine, whatever. Bring the kids to the game, get them something to eat, let them watch the game, cheer, embellish in the game, and maybe have a like, oh, that guy might be good. And follow them. Like, that's how most kids do things. You see something, you like it. Is there a way to, to bridge that gap and have the stadium not just filled, but have more youth than at risk youth? Yeah, and I think it's really, Adam, about expanding that, right? So we know the team does a lot of that, and I know I actually spoke with uh, team leadership around, like, figuring out ways to get young teens more involved in a place at the game. So this is something that is already we start to have those conversations and really growing the partnerships that we have uh, with the Orioles. The Orioles are one of our biggest youth work summer job sites now, right, something that wasn't even imaginable when I was a young person. I have the chance to go to a game and before the game walk around and visit with every single youth worker that the Orioles had hired this summer as a summer job and hear these young people talk about how they get to work and learn this experience of 
being a part of game day operations, something that you could never take away from them. Uh, we know that they've been partnering with the College Bound Foundation and those kind of organizations. And now our summer camps have been going down. Now it's about really growing that as we close out the season, really, to try to make sure that our young fans are engaged in any way. So stay tuned on that. You know, I've had multiple debates about why attendance isn't what it is. It's around 23,000 right now. I think it should be a lot more for a first place team. People love to bring up the crime factor. And I tell them this, I don't know of an incident. I don't know of any incidents involving fans at Oriole games yeah. or Ravens games where anyone has been harmed by criminal activity. I think it's a bad perception that's out there. And I don't know how you rectify it, Mr. Mayor. Well, I think we got to just keep talking talking to folks about the truth. The truth is, is that Baltimore is on a 24% reduction in homicides, a 7% reduction in non-federal shooting. Violent crime in the city is down. Robberies are down. Carjackings are down over 30%. And we know that other cities aren't having that, right? Our neighbors to the south in D.C., a place that we all love, their violent crime is up 30%. And I think that we have to continue to talk that story and tell people, like, listen, we know when the team wins, we saw what happened when we had those back-to-back -back weekend series with the New York teams. Folks were coming out. We just have to continue to put pressure on folks to don't jump on the bandwagon late. Come now and come to the games. I went to a Ravens preseason game that was packed on Saturday, right? Every event at the CFG Bank Arena, whether it's Bruce Springsteen, Anita Baker, Janet Jackson, people are always there, right? We need to get folks back into the baseball stadium as well to let them know because we know folks are going to be – and this is what I've said to everybody. If you haven't talked to me about – Tickets to Orioles games up until this point, don't ask me for playoff tickets. The answer is going to be no. I'm going to be making sure that real fans get there, not folks who are trying to come because they are now know that the team's going to be playing in the postseason, not going to work. Good for you. We have more with Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott coming up here on the Adam Jones Podcast. But first, we ask you to support our dedicated, loyal sponsors. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Charm City's favorite crab cake destination. Local sports fan? Experience the ultimate pregame party at the tailgate. Cheer on the Ravens with iconic live performances, an open bar, and mouth-watering eats. Can't make it? No worries. Bring the same food that caught the attention of the Food Network right to your doorstep. Shipping East Coast recipes nationwide. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is the official sponsor of the guests appearing on the Adam Jones Podcast. And by our friends at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. 
Hey, Justin, keep an eye on the time. It's your night to handle dinner. No worries. Got it covered. It's great getting dinner ready with no worries. That's why I never waste time and go straight to Royal Farms. Their chicken is fresh, never frozen, hand breaded and cooked right in the store. Oh wow, this smells amazing. I'm so impressed. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Again, that's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. We continue our conversation with Baltimore's Mayor Brandon Scott right here on the Adam Jones podcast. Let's get back to it. I'm going to take you back to when you was a kid. (laughs) Midnight basketball. Yeah. Can Baltimore get that back? I went online and we got it back. It's back. It's back. Yeah, we had it. So this is the second year that I brought it back. Uh, that we just had it again this weekend. So midnight basketball for us are at the infamous dome in East Baltimore, uh, where everybody, Melo, Sam Cassell, everybody's played there and uh, at Cloverdale, unless it's raining, of course. And then we have it at the middle branch facility. It's an opportunity for our young people and our, and, and, uh, older youth to play i actually went and watched some games a couple weekends ago and i'll be going back but this is we brought it back midnight basketball is back in baltimore we know baltimore when you talk about baltimore athletes folks from baltimore is typically basketball athletes that you're talking about and we're seeing a next generation of those young people and they come back and they they grow up playing in midnight basketball and bnbl i'm just so happy that we've been able to bring them back oh that is unbelievable do you think Baltimore can get an NBA team? <laughs> no. No, uh, or an NHL no. team, oh, right? Yeah, no. Or NHL no. because of I, D.C. I, look, the, the reality is, Adam, is that probably both D.C. and Philly would have to approve that, and they put, what they, they never would. Now, I think that there would be opportunities, right, and we've seen this happen before, and these are the kind of conversations that I look forward to happen. When I was a young kid growing up, the Bullets, now the Wizards, they should play like five or ten games here at the arena every year. I actually saw uh, the 76ers with Charles Barkley and Manute Bull do battle with the Bullets, and both Barkley and Bernard King had 35 points in that game, right? I saw that live in Baltimore. Those kind of opportunities are there. We're going to be – obviously, we have the CIAA. We should be looking at things like NCAA women's first round, men's – those kind of things, opportunities are there. And and looking as the league – thinks about other things like uh, G League and all of these things or whatever. I forgot what they call it now. It's the G League. But that that will be the opportunity for us. Having a team here full-time is very, very unlikely. And now uh, we, we have to focus on what we know we can do. We have a great concert venue. We know we can have tournaments and those things there. We're going to be a place for basketball, but basketball in a different way. And you're exactly right. All those events should return to uh, the downtown arena like they were in the past especially with the upgrades. I remember going to watch Carmelo and the Knicks play there. Oh, yeah. Short years that, ago. Yeah, it was good. And it was packed. It was packed. Like back then we can only hold, hold like 12, 13,000 in the arena. And you would, there was no, and that was a preseason game. Yes. And it was packed because we know Baltimore loves his basketball. All right. So Baltimore city has produced so many great athletes. A lot were born here from Mello to Babe Ruth, uh, Michael Phelps, but there's also been some greats that have played in this city, from Ray Lewis uh, to Eddie Murray. Who did you grow up, Mr. Mayor, idolizing in your childhood? 
<laughs> well, and my child, Adam's smiling because he knows he's my favorite Oreo of all time. So we'll set Adam aside. We'll get to that in a second. He doesn't count. But but growing up, like growing up in Baltimore, so I think we have to remember, I was born 11 days after the coach left. So we didn't have a football team, right? So growing up in Baltimore, when I thought about growing up, basketball for me, it was Reggie Lewis uh, because we had this young man from Baltimore, tragically died. is actually the reason why I'm a Celtics fan uh, because I could never root for the team that left us, obviously. But we had Reggie Lewis, Muggsy Bogues, thinking about those folks. But then uh, when you think about the Orioles, it was Mike Devereaux, right? Brady Anderson. I played center field, so obviously uh, those folks. I love Cal, but those folks played, played center field. But then when we were able to get the CFL team, right, Mike Pringle and Darvin Ham, and then when the Ravens came, obviously we, we – we had we we had folks come. Michael Jackson was our first first receiver that played played up to any stand. Then we had Jermaine Lewis running back uh, kick returns and punch returns. I saw him run back two in Memorial Stadium against the Saints. Those are the kind of folks that I grew up looking towards because I knew they were from from here and or either from here and playing here. And then obviously Adam is my is my favorite Oriole of all time. Not just. Uh, because of the many times he killed the Spankies on the field. But also, uh, Adam and I met – we literally met the first day he was here uh, when I was a staffer, but also for all the community work that he would do. And not just the community work that was structured by the team. Uh, he would reach out and say, hey, I want to do something, right? Showing up to the big uh, Thanksgiving things, showing up to Little Leagues. Those are the things that – that's what makes – for us here in Baltimore, those are the athletes that we that we connect with in a different way, and he he is definitely one of those. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Man. Hey, but it all stemmed from when we first we first met. But I remember just hitting you up and be like, "Hey, there's something. There's something that could be done. Mm-hmm. Can I want to show up here? Never any cameras. We didn't want all that attention." Um, I wanted to ask about the gambling. Uh, obviously, everybody gambles. You know, there are people in the online gambling that you know in Maryland now you can gamble, which is legally, I should say. People have been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. How has that, that impacted the economy? That money coming from gambling, because we know people lose. You lose way more than you win. But how has that uh, impacted the economy of of, uh, Baltimore City? So for us, we know, first of all, there's a lot of folks working, which is a great thing for us, the opportunity. But then for us, hold on, you guys, ambulance is going past. Hey, baby, that's more, baby. I thought that was outside my window. No, it's me. I'm right by Mercy. So, like, it's, it's all day long. But... So I think a couple of things that, that come with that. For us, we also have this, we have the casino impact funds for South Baltimore. So when you think about the stuff that's happened in Middle Branch, it helped us to build a new Middle Branch Rec Center that is like the world-class center, the work that is going, those neighborhoods getting direct funding to do projects in their neighborhoods. But it also, with this, it's a carve out for recreation and parks. It's helping us to build uh, new schools in Baltimore City, right? Those are the kind of things that we've been able to to do to do with that money. Like the city, we've built and renovated 29 new schools over a, over a 10 year period, which is a huge thing. Recreation and parks has that money coming from the casino funds, but also the money that I've invested in it. $41 million off. We have a $100 million plan, uh, Adam, for how we're going to build uh, new recreation facilities in Baltimore. So I've opened four centers since I've been in office. There's five uh, right now that are, are underway. We have a couple we just broke ground, the renovations of the historic East of Baltimore and Chick Webb, J.D. Gross and Park Heights. There'll be a new Park View Center in, in West Baltimore, a new Center in Curtis Bay and Brooklyn Homes. Those are the kind of things that we're able to do and grow because of some of the support that comes from that. Let's give let's give these guys their flowers. Let's pay, take it back to sports. Let's give these guys their flowers. Okay, 
the Orioles this year, mm-hmm. uh, beating everybody's expectations. Obviously, yeah. they've been playing the best baseball, arguably one of the two best teams since May 25th of last year, at least uh, debut. Mm-hmm. What do you see differently when you watch the games uh, this year? I know you watch a lot of the games. What do you see this year that you didn't see in the previous years that you can see now and you can foresee going forward? It's, it's really about a couple things I think is special about this team, right? This team, really, you can see them putting on the blinders and the earmuffs. You can almost see it happening, right? They're not buying. You know, sometimes, folks, they come back, they exceed expectations, they buy into their own hype. No. All the entire team has this humongous ability to keep eating humble pie and to ignore the noise and focus together as a team. But also the growth. Right. And think and thinking about how they're growing together, not just individuals. Folks are obviously better than they were last year and they're better than they were at the beginning of the year, which I think is something that doesn't get said a lot. Like they're better now than they were in May. And I think they're just going to keep growing in that way and their ability to really lift each other up. Right. Folks don't know. And that's the kind of ingredient that you need, not just for success in this season, but for the long term, because you have folks that are growing together in that way. That's how teams get made when you when you come up and you go through things together like they went through and being cast out and predicted to win that puny amount of games last year. And now they know. And now it's really about how they evolve and to understand that the target is now going to be on their back. And I think with the way that they have handled themselves and, and being able to move so far, I don't, I'm not worried that they won't be able to handle that as well. All right, let's get to the uh, big elephant in the room, or maybe it's just a mouse. I don't know. And that's the Orioles' lease situation, <laughs> which I'm sure you've had many discussions about, not only with Orioles' ownership, the governor has been involved. How does this get resolved? And I've said it before, I can't foresee the Orioles playing in another city, but there's a, there's some holdups, and a lot of it has to do with money and, I guess, you know, real estate. And how are the Ravens intertwined in all this, if you can explain it to us in layman's terms? Well, listen, I, I've been infamously known for saying I have 99 problems, but the Orioles aren't one of them, right? Like, there's no worry in my mind that the Orioles are not going to have a lease and not going to move. Like, that's not happening. And we know that the governor and his team and the stadium authority, uh, they're going to be working with with John and the team at the Orioles, and they're going to get a deal done. I'm not worried about that. Uh, For us here in the city, because this is really a a state thing with stadium authority, it's just about which ways we can be there to support. Well, listen, we know that John and the governor talk consistently. We know the stadium authority folks are talking. We know the conversations are happening. This will happen for Baltimore. They are not going anywhere, uh, but we just have to make sure – from my point standpoint in the city that we're there to support and see the help with the governor needs and everyone else that's involved to make sure that this happens for Baltimore in a timely fashion that will benefit us all. As far as though with the, uh, the Ravens and the parking and all that, how does that yeah. get resolved? I mean, is there enough real well, estate to satisfy yeah, everyone? Yeah, I think that there'll be, those will be ongoing discussions, right? There are lots of things about parking lots and those things. And, and, and as someone who has seen how developments happen in other stadiums and new, newer stadiums, we, this is something that we would, we would welcome as a city, but it's about all, all the folks that parties getting together to work out those details. And I have, the utmost faith in our fabulous governor and his team and the, and the faith in the Orioles team to figure out a way to move forward. All right. Last thing for me, I promise last question, because the comparison has been made to Atlanta and I don't know if you got a chance to go and see how the structure looks in Atlanta, but they have that out in the County and we're talking about the city of Baltimore. Is there a big difference? 
Well, no, I haven't. I haven't been. I, I think actually I'll be in, in Atlanta in the fall uh, for a conference, so maybe I'll get to check it out then. And and, and maybe when we're playing them in the World Series, I'll get to check it out as we there you go as we go down there and check it out then. But I haven't, and I look forward to seeing it when I do get to visit. It's uh, it's, it's gorgeous. What they did, what um, what LA is doing, what uh, Texas did. It's all it's it's just great. Yeah. But, Mr. Mayor, I just want to thank you for your time. You're very, very busy man, signing a lot of documents and checking in on the city. So uh, thank you for your time. We, uh, brother, I appreciate you seeing you uh, a couple of weeks ago in B-more. So it's always love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Go O's, go Ravens. Go O's. Thanks for coming on, Mr. Mayor. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Well, Adam, as he was saying, you two have a history. Uh, do you remember the first time you got a chance to meet him? And did he ask for your, for your autograph right then and there? I don't remember the exact day we met, but one thing I do remember is that in 08, when the Orioles start asking me to do community stuff, I'm like, okay, cool. The Mariners did a lot of it. So I was already ingrained in me to help out the community. He was the first guy there. And then we exchanged numbers at any time. He would just text me, Hey, we're trying to do something here. Trying to, I would text him. Hey, is there anything that you need me for? And to this day, we still hit each other up and talk and, it's 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 a brotherhood you know what i mean um i had a goal to help out the city he's from there so he would always direct me to where the exact problem was not beat around the bush and say well this group no he's like this into this these individuals this right here and he's just a, just a good dude who is from baltimore and wants to see baltimore succeed most people that get into offices and all that kind of stuff aren't generally from those places and and just do whatever they want because they can He's a Baltimorean and he wants to see Baltimore succeed. So it, it, it was always a great thing to uh, to speak with him and obviously getting him on the podcast. All right, Adam, let's move to our For the Birds segment. With that, we bring in the outstanding columnist from the Baltimore Banner, making his second appearance on the Adam Jones podcast. I'll add that to his resume as well. He is Kyle Goon. The Goon Squad is back with us. Kyle, great to see you at the live show. Great to see you out at the Orioles and Ravens games as well. Thanks for coming on again. And let's start with the Orioles. And you wrote about the attendance issue, uh, and we talked about it with the mayor earlier, but you took a visit up to the corners of the upper decks of Camden Yards, which have been relatively empty for the better part of this season, but now they're starting to be filled. Uh, what was the reasoning behind that? What did the people up there have to say? I didn't know if they closed off the area because they thought, I don't know, people were going to go up there and do nefarious things or stuff like that. <laughs> or maybe they were just waiting for those seats to be bought. I can see Adam might have gone up there and done some nefarious things. I don't know. There's a mischievous grin on your face. Um, I got a great story about that section, though, so go ahead. Okay. But, but um, you know, I mean, that was, frankly, Jerry, that, that was where I used to sit when I was a kid. And um, that I just have a very romantic feeling about um, that section. And, and this is a little bit before Adam's time. Um, with Miguel Tejada, Brian Roberts, some of those teams of the mid-2000s. And, you know, those were the tickets that I took out my student ID, and, and that, that's what we could afford, all carpooling together. Um, so, I, you know, coming to this market again after so many years, seeing the empty section, I kind of had this longing to see it full again and, and just going up. And I think what you see is um, you just get a real great slice of life of people who decide – you know, a few days before the game or the night before the game. Hey, I'm going to the Orioles game. This this particular day was the 83 team. It was a great night. Um, and, you know, it was, it was just kind of fun to talk to families, to talk to couples, to talk to longtime fans who 
wanted to remember the 83 team that they grew up with. Younger fans who wanted to remember more of, you know, Adams teams that, that went to the playoffs, the last Orioles teams to go to the playoffs. And um, it's just a great swath of people who, um, you know, I think the wonderful thing about baseball is you just have such access. I mean, you can go almost any day. Um, there's a lot of price points. And um, I, I, even though I didn't love going up the stairs, I did like going up there and talking to the folks. Your nose didn't bleed, right? I didn't. I did not. All right. That's so nose. The great story about that area is uh, there's this kid on social media. Now he's trying to get me to play in his softball league named Steve Polite. And he uh, he was like Instagramming me and was like, hey, calling me up and was like, hey, can you uh, can you steal more bases? Can you do this? Can you do more of this? And I'm like, OK, if I try, I'll do it. And, they, and uh, I guess I, I don't think I uh, I don't think I met his requirements. So he's like, the thing is, I had to get him seats at the game. I'm like, OK, I'll get you seats. And he was wearing me out, too. Yeah, obviously, in a playful way. I sat his ass the last row <laughs> right there. He sent me a picture. I see it on my phone. It's just him. It's, just, it's the, uh, the field and a nice middle finger. Just, <laughs> I'm just like, this is awesome. <laughs> what are you yelling at me for? But no, I want to talk about attendance, though, because in 2012, attendance didn't tick up, obviously, 4th of July. In some of the summer months, it'll tick up. Um, but it didn't really tick up until September 6th when that, we had the Cal Ripken Day. And after that point, I think fans really believed that, okay, this team, we might have something with them. And from that on, obviously, we went to the wild card and got uh, eliminated in the first round. But it was the first time in 15 years we made the playoffs. But it's like, when are the fans, as you're, you're one too, when are the fans going to be like, I believe in this team. I'm going to start showing up and showing out more. Again, prices are expensive. You can bring in your own food. Games are expensive for four. There's a lot of, there's a lot of variables. But when a team is good, Everybody is good. Businesses is good. The UPS man is good. The trash man is good. Everybody is good. So when is attendance going to really creep up and show the 35,000 love for the Orioles every night? Because they are putting together a hell of a product on that field. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, Adam, I think that's a complex answer. And, and real quickly, I think it's important to say, you know, the, the Orioles don't have a long-term lease deal. And I think once that happens, more fans will be kind of on solid ground. And I think that is one aspect of this. I think also, I mean, you're looking at the residual of just the, the years that have been and, and last year having a, a, a good team, but just not one that, you know, Michael Elias and, and crew thought was going to go to the playoffs. So they trade off pieces of it. And I think there's just a little bit of, um, you know, inertia from, from some of the tough years that this franchise has gone through and fans just kind of feeling like, is it turning around? Is it turning around? It's it's less like a U-turn of a car and more like the U-turn of a cruise ship, right? It, it just takes time to kind of get everyone back on board, believing that, hey, um, you know, this is gonna this is gonna actually be a long sustained turnaround. And I think, you know, Adam, Jerry, you guys have been around baseball a long time, so you can see the bones of a really great team for years to come. But I think fans just take a little more convincing. And I think just the way that it's been for the last couple of years, it, it takes a little time to say, OK, I'm all in. But, hey, I mean, we're seeing weekends, weekend crowds have been amazing. And the, the 83 crowd um, was great. And, and uh, you know, just to touch on a little bit on, on what you were saying about your story, about your fan up there. One of the couples I talked to was all the way in the second to last row. I said, hey, is it nice to be out here? 
um, you know, taking in the 83 reunion and, and this Mets series that, hell no, not all the way up here. I wish I was down there. <laughs> I mean, it was easy to get a ticket down there. But hey, listen, it's, it's hard to get a seat now on some of those weekend series. So that, that's good to see. And all this is going on as the Ravens are starting up training camp. Usually some people turn their attention to the Ravens. You can't ignore what the Orioles are doing, obviously, in the position they're in. And, you know, when you talk about the fact that the lease still hasn't been decided just yet, Kyle, my answer to that is there's no way they're ever going to leave Camden Yards vacant. It's the best ballpark in all of baseball. So I just see this as a negotiating ploy. And again, we discussed it with the mayor, but would love to get your two cents. Yeah, I, I actually don't think that the Orioles are going anywhere either. I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll let the column I wrote in the last week kind of speak for itself on that. But I, I think baseball would be unwise to leave behind a $600 million bond. I mean, you look at what's going on in Milwaukee and they're having trouble um, getting funding for half as much as the Orioles have access to once they sign this lease. So I know they're, while understanding there's a lot to work out, it's, it's not easy. There's a lot of history between the Orioles and, and the stadium authority. Um, I, I think that sooner or later, um, and hopefully sooner, um, they will come to an agreement um, and, and baseball will remain here. All right. With that, with obviously the, that's the biggest topic right now. Um, but you're talking about fans not believing because, okay, the lease, but do fans believe in the team? Do they believe in the farm system? Do they like we, we can go on and on about who is in the top 100? Obviously, Jackson, and you got Kirstad, and you got Kowser, who's there, Westberg, like so many prospects in this organization, and guys are coming up. They're ready. Uh, yeah. Kirstad's ready. Um, okay. But like talking to fans too, they're like, it's not just saying, okay, my team is good now. We're going to be good for the foreseeable future because, okay, we might lose a few players here and there because free agency get expensive, but we got guys to come in and fill the roles. Every person that has came up this year has a baseball acumen. A lot of kids nowadays that get called up, this is not there when it comes to like how to play the game. So do fans believe that we're going to be good, not just this year, and we'd be good for a stretch. We have a we have a big window. Not just, you know, some teams have a little window. Some teams have a bigger window due to finances. Um, but do the Orioles have a solid window right now with the fact that they have a pipeline of guys? And everybody. Yeah. Of course they do. I mean, of course they do, Adam. And, and I mean, I think you probably are able to kind of look at some of those guys that are coming up in the pipeline and see easier than I can that, hey, so-and-so is ready. I mean, Heston's ready. Uh, Kobe's just on a tear. I mean, Jackson, Jackson is killing double A. Like Jackson probably doesn't belong in double A. Uh, and he's what, maybe a hundred at bats in. Um, but I, I think the the key piece and the, and the thing that's really going to signal to fans that good times are here uh, for a while is the contracts and, and signing long-term contracts. And it might, as you sort of alluded to, it might not be everybody, but it, it I think, when you look at Adley, Adley's extension eligible right now. Um, Cedric, you could sign if you if you think Cedric is a part of the core going forward. You could sign him right now, um, and that's just kind of the area where I mean, you know, th this front office has shown the ability to make draft picks. They've shown the ability to develop hitters. They've shown the ability to take someone else's trash and make it their treasure on the mound. 
and and get guys like Yannir Cano and Felix Bautista up and and at it with elite pitchers. But what they haven't shown yet, and they haven't had the opportunity, but what they haven't shown yet is, hey, Adley Rushman, we're locking them down. We're not going to let another team get them, and we're going to sign them to some kind of long-term deal. So to me, if you want to talk about fan faith, that's really the one piece. And and it's not for me to decide who's a part of the core and who's part of the future, but that is going to be what the fans want next. Of These young guys, we have them coming up, but they're going to be here for a while. All right, speaking of getting guys signed, let's turn our attention to the Ravens because J.K. Dobbins is signed. He just hasn't delivered just yet. He's MIA right now. How do you foresee this playing out as the running backs are some crawling back with their tail between their legs, realizing they're going to miss paychecks? But since we're talking about contracts, J.K. Dobbins is signed, but he hasn't delivered just yet during training camp. There is word that he'll be back out this week. Uh, what do you think has been going through his mind? Do you think he was humbled after watching that first preseason game, realizing that they have other guys that can run the football, Kyle? Well, I think two things are happening. One, in the NFL, you're not seeing a lot of running backs, even though there's a lot of tension, you're not seeing running backs get the contracts they want. I mean, the Jonathan Taylor situation is spiraling. Saquon Barkley agreed to just a little more than franchise money. So these elite running backs are not getting what they want out of the teams. So league wide, it's not trending well for JK. And then you look at Saturday. Hey, Keaton Mitchell looks pretty good. Melvin Gordon looks pretty good. Um, you know, Gus Bus had, had a couple good runs. Um, Justice Hill had a nice run that led to a touchdown. Um, and you're sort of thinking, man, this running back room is deep. And John Harbaugh said it all along that he believes deep down that JK wants to play. And honestly, if, if you're talking about getting your money um, and talking about getting paid, probably the best way for J.K. Dobbins to get paid is get on the field, showcase some of the skills that I think are going to be shown in Todd Munkin's offense and, and get paid for the way you play rather than what you think you're worth in the preseason. How has this meshing worked so far? I mean, obviously, you got your man. Uh, Lamar's back, obviously. Um, OBJ, a new wide receiver. You're getting a one. You're getting a premier wide receiver, first time in, in some years. How is the meshing between not just OBJ and Lamar, but OBJ helping out younger receivers and you know bringing his bringing his his attitude, bringing his intelligence, his field vision. How has that helped with uh, and offensively and defensively? Because an offensive guy can help the defensive guy also. So how is OBJ's is uh, his impact been there in, in the first couple of weeks of training camp? It, I mean, well, first of all, you hear it every time he walks by a crowd of kids because everyone wants his autograph. He's <laughs> the most popular. I mean, it's Lam him and Lamar is the most two popular players in camp. Um, but also, I mean, the Ravens receiving room were kids growing up at looking at OBJ being like, this dude's the man. And if you got to play with your, I mean, idol, in, in the same receiver's room. I mean, just imagine how hard you'd work to impress him. And I think that's part of what's happening. Um, you know, Zay Flowers is a guy that he, – he did not make a ton of plays in this preseason game, but he drew two penalties of cornerbacks trying to grab him to keep him from shaking them. Um, and I think that's widely seen as, as, as something good that's going to happen. Rashad Bateman, he's off the PUP list. Um, hopefully we'll see him soon. But OBJ is his idol. Uh, and so I'm really interested in seeing, I mean, I think we'll see more as the season goes on about what influence he has. And hopefully, I mean, 
hopefully that's a couple catches, right? Hopefully that's a couple one-handers in the season when it counts. But I think um, just raising his level, having a seriousness coming back from that injury, valuing every time he's out on that field, I think has had a profound impact on the receiver's room. Well, the good news uh, is that only three more of these meaningless exhibitions to go, and we'll probably see more hitting during the practice between the Commanders and Ravens, and we'll see next Monday night in that football game. Kyle, always a pleasure to have you on. Kyle Goon, columnist for the Baltimore Banner. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. All right, Adam, what do you say we put a bow and tie on this week's episode with another edition of Socially Speaking? A lot of people asking questions at Adam Jones Pod via Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or go ahead and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. That'll move you to the top of the list and qualify you for a Miss Shirley's gift card. So this week, we got a couple of questions. The first comes from at Michael Dubuque. Hopefully, I got that last name right, number three, Dubuque, number three. He asks, Adam, what was your favorite pie to use for a post-game pie in the face? So... um... Dangerous Delicious would always bring two pies for to pie people and then two pies to eat. Um, Marquecas <laughs> always wanted his Kit Kat pie because, you know, he just loves that pie. And then there was always something else that was just crazy. Um, but for pieing, it was always a peach or a banana. So everybody got, you know, a good taste full of something. Nobody was like, Ugh, that Barbasol that we used to use. Nah, they got some good, good banana cream or uh, a really good peach pie. Lucky. Can I tell you what the Coleman maneuver would have been? I would have kept those two delicious. And we don't need to keep seeing that over and over for people on YouTube. Enough of the pie video. I'm going to have it copyrighted and deleted. But I would say that I would keep the peach pie or the chocolate pie and just give just give the players Barbasol. Yeah. Earlier, we used to use Barbasol, but we stopped because, first off, it burns like hell. If you shave and no Barbasol, it burns. Second is disgusting. And Dangerous Delicious gave us pie. So it's like, if you're giving me a pie, I'm not, I'm going to use the pie. And people were like, man, you don't want to eat those? I'm like, nah, I want to smash them in people's faces. But then what came cool is we used to hand them to the fans. So it was a family, it was a family atmosphere. People would like be tweeting me, where are you at with the pies? All right, here I come. Whack. It was fun, man. I wish I could do it again. How many doggy bags do you think I would have brought into that clubhouse? You're not allowed in there in, in certain areas. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely aren't allowed in certain areas. And I don't know, you would look you would look suspicious taking a big pie. You you'd have to have a big bag and be like, a big hey, bag. what's he doing with that? I'm delivering it to someone, sir. Leave me alone, okay? Yeah, All right. Home. All right. Our next correspondence comes from Fleetwood at Fleetwood Mac underscore 32. And this person wants to know, and I don't know if Fleetwood is a man or a woman, not that it matters. Who's the one Oriole, past or present, you wished you could have played with Adam? Well, I mean, obviously the the, the people want to say, uh, you know, Kyle because of, you know, just being him. Uh, me, Palmer, Eddie. Um, Palmer because, I mean, I know that I'm going to have a relaxed day. Not not a lot of hard contact. I'm gonna have a relaxed day. I can focus a little bit more on the bat. Uh, Eddie Murray, just because I, I just want to see that stare when it really matters. I've seen the stare, but I want to see the stare when it really, really matters. And then the, obviously the ultimate. Uh, you know, I think the number one trade in Orioles history, Frank Robinson. Um, that's Eddie. 
even angrier. If you like, just <laughs> just a man that was just stern. I mean, it was awesome. I was so fortunate enough to be able to know him, and uh, you know, Frank was just a legend. Um, but those three guys, it's hard to just say one, but those three guys to me, like, just you know, some just arguably the best players in in the Orioles history. So I just was fortunate enough to have to be in a franchise that had a rich history. A lot of franchises don't have a rich history. And I'm just fortunate enough to, to have that rich history. And somebody named this the other day about all the center fielders we used to have in the organization. And now Cedric Mullins is manning it up. So it's just a blessing to be uh, in that company. And you're certainly a part of it. All right. Good stuff there. And again, you want to reach us at Adam Jones pod on all social media platforms. Do want to thank our dedicated fine sponsors. Go out and support them. Places like this. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Charm City's favorite crab cake destination. Local sports fan? Experience the ultimate pregame party at the tailgate. Cheer on the Ravens with iconic live performances, an open bar, and mouth-watering eats. Can't make it? No worries. Bring the same food that caught the attention of the Food Network right to your doorstep. Shipping East Coast recipes nationwide. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is the official sponsor of the guests appearing on the Adam Jones podcast and by our friends at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. Hey, Justin, keep an eye on the time. It's your night to handle dinner. No worries. Got it covered. It's great getting dinner ready with no worries. That's why I never waste time and go straight to Royal Farms. Their chicken is fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded, and cooked right in the store. Oh, wow, this smells amazing. I'm so impressed. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Again, that's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. Also, thanks to our senior executive producer, Chip Franklin, for putting this episode together. Chip's got a baseball story. Even if you might have heard it seven times, he'll tell it to you again. Just ask him. He's available on request. Go out and subscribe to the Baltimore Banner. Be real, be kind, and make sure to be back next week for another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast.